for days, both uh, in this country and abroad. It is great to uh, be back with you here tonight. Also want to welcome, I met uh, Drew before, Drew's a visitor, first time here tonight. God bless you, Drew. So good having you here. And uh, Tabitha, she's here second row for the second week. Let's just welcome those guests once more. Make sure after the service, hang out with them, love to have coffee with you. Not doing that to embarrass you, doing that to give you a very warm welcome. You are our VIPs and it is great to have you here. What a great start to the year we've had. I heard that it was an amazing morning here this morning. I was out at Bankstown with the regulars and co. And uh, God is on the move there, which was wonderful. Love seeing what uh, God is doing in our midst. It is exciting and it is a brand new year, which is uh, just wonderful to come and uh, just get excited about what God has got to do with each and every one of us this year. Be excited for what He is going to do in your life, in our lives. We are shaking this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, we're going to do it uh, together, which is wonderful. And as we come around a new start to a year, I don't know what you're like, if you're someone who likes to make New Year's resolutions or likes to make a change in life, uh, for some of you, I'm sure that you, uh, you do it. And uh, I love this quote, my goal for 2016 is to accomplish my goals from 2015, which I should have completed in 2014, because I planned them in 2013. And uh, I'm sure for some of you that rings a bit of a bell. Uh, research says that uh, by the end of January, 50% of people have already failed trying to do their New Year's resolution. And by the end of the year, Forbes magazine say that only 8% of people get there to their New Year's resolution. So I don't know if you're someone who, who sets a goal and goes for it, but one thing I am, uh, I am sure of, and that is that no matter if you set goals, if you have New Year's resolution, can I tell you here tonight that God, He wants a little bit more of you this year. There is no doubt about it that God wants you, each and every one of us, to go deeper with Him in 2016. I tell you what, life is too short to not want to keep getting connected to God, to not keep wanting to go deeper with Him. And I love the start of a fresh year because it does give us a chance in some way just to, to look ahead, to look ahead and see and believe for what can be. So this is the message tonight, going deeper. And uh, we live with so many choices in life. We live in a time where there just seems to be no end of choices in all areas of life. But I want to encourage us here tonight to be reminded that we've got to make sure that above everything we have who should be number one, and that is God. That we have Him number one, that He is right at the front, that we want to have a desire in our heart to walk closely with the Lord. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment, He makes it really clear to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That is the place where God should be in each and every one of us. And what I love about church is it helps us to put what is rightfully to be in that place. And that is we come and we put God first. And it should be not only on a Sunday He's first. We need to live it with 24-7. God is number one in our lives. And uh, here tonight I want to encourage us to get that desire on the inside of us to go deeper into Him. Because if you want to have a safe place in life, 
If you want to stand on a bit of a rock, this is how you get there. You put God first. You put your faith in Him. You put your trust in Him. That is how you live life in a safe place. When you live like that, you don't have to be fearful of what might come your way because you stand on a rock, a rock that doesn't shift, that doesn't change with the tides. That is what God is when we put Him first. And each of us have a decision that we can do that in our lives. And what I love is God so wants us. He wants us and He wants more of us. Exodus 34, 14 says, For you shall worship no other God. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. We've got to be reminded that God wants us. That He wants us. What's He jealous for? He's jealous for His people. He's jealous for each and every one of us. He wants connection. He wants a relationship. He wants us to go deeper so that He can come back and be deeper with us. He wants us to go there. But it's up to us. The ball is in our court. The ball is in our court. And He's a loving Father that wants time with you. He wants connection. In that presence ad we just saw, it says that He ran at us. He is running at us. He is running at us. Let's run too. Let's run too. Let's make sure we're living life like that, drawing near to Him, drawing near to the Creator of the earth. And I think it's a beautiful thing that us on earth can have a relationship with Him in heaven. What a wonderful thing. What an amazing thing that God, both big and amazing, and in all His tremendous attributes and all that He is, would care for you and I, but He does. The whole Bible is a love story about how God wants to make sure that although we are far from Him, we can come close. It's a love story, and it's a beautiful thing that we can all live like this. And He is a Heavenly Father, and He wants us to come near. A little while ago, uh, I'm a, kind of a dad who loves to hug my children. I have three children. And uh, Jesse, my boy, uh, went through a little, bit of a, a little bit of a time in his life where I was always wanting lots of hugs. And he used to go through this little stage where he would say to me, Dad, I've ran out of hugs. And I'd be like, you what? Dad, I've ran out of hugs. I'm like, well, where do you get more from? And he used to do this thing, true story, where he would go, oh, I can get some more, I can grab them out of the sky. I'm like, we'll start grabbing. So he would literally jump up in the air and grab hugs and give me a few more. And then he'd say, nope, they're all gone now. Can't get any more for a while. And I'm like, what? So I had to go through this as a loving father, wanting connection with my boy. I had to go through that for a, a little while. And then after that, he busted out of that. He started to do something else. He started to have time restrictions. He was like, Dad, you can have hugs in the morning and you can have them at night, but you can't have them in the middle of the day. I tell you what, it was not uh, good words to hear my ears. Having my young boy tell me that he decided that there would be time restrictions on hugs. Me as a loving father wanted so badly that connection with them. I love it that God does not do this to us. He's always there. He's not the kind of guy going, oh, by the way, you're kind of drawing close, but hey. I'm on holidays. Hey, you can't do it that way. He is always there. He is always there just wanting us to draw near. He wants us to go deeper in Him. He wants us to get a better understanding of Him and His ways. And uh, I love that it is there and it is up to us. 
and we can step towards that. He is waiting. Revelations 3.20, Behold, I stand in the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in and dine with him. What a great thing. He's standing at the, the door of our hearts. He's wanting to come in and be with us. What a beautiful thing. I think we should give God a round of applause because that is awesome. And this life is too short for shallow connection with the Almighty God. And I think firstly what we need to do is decide in our hearts that we want it and then we start taking steps towards it. But it's got to start with a desire in our hearts. It's got to start with a personal thing of, yes, God, I do want to go deeper in you. I do want to go there. I do want to take in the steps there. But we have to have this desire in our hearts and we have to go after it. And I know in life that there's, uh, there's like time battles on all of our lives. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think as time's gone on and inventions have been incredible and they're all about, you know, making things easier in life and making things faster in life, yet we seem to be time poor. And often we can say it's just hard to find time to give to God because all my time is zapped up. It's a crazy thing considering we have things like microwaves that... I love personally, like how good is that? Cold food out of the fridge, 60 seconds later, hello, we have hot food. And if you're a man and you like to eat, that is a good thing. To think we have all these things and we have iPads and iPhones and all these things that we can do things so greatly and swiftly. We can do internet shopping. Who here is an internet shopper? I have joined internet shopping. It is a glorious thing. I do not want to get stuck in car parks at Westfield Parramatta when at 8 o'clock at night I could very easily go onto eBay or an online store and go tick, tick, ting, check out. There we go. Remembers my credit card. Boom. And I am done. That is a glorious thing. That saves a lot of time. Surf stitch, if you're a surfer out there or you just like good fashion. I, uh, there's things like that where I did this week. I needed a new rash vest. Jesse needed a hat. I needed a new surf towel. I didn't have to go down and line up in the shops, straight to surfstitch.com, which is an online website that my friend started that I thought would fail. I thought, who is ever going to want to buy things online like board shorts when they need to go and try them on? It was true. I was a critic and now it's one of the best online stores in the country. But you see, there's all these things that's meant to make time work for us, yet sometimes that's the thing that steps in the way. But we've got to make sure that we're putting him number one. Right now, I'm doing a study through Colossians. So what I've started off this year, in Colossians 3, 1 to 4, has Paul write these, uh, write these words, if then you are raised with Christ, if we're saved here tonight, we are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. We've got to set our mind and our eyes on things above. Don't live with looking at things in the natural, being worried all the time about things in your own life. Sometimes we've got to come above that. Sometimes we've just got to give God some time in the day and say, I set my eyes on you. I set my eyes on the things of heaven. I believe in the things of your word of God. I'm a man or a woman of faith. We go above that. We have that desire in our hearts. 
And there is so many reasons to get the passion for God going in your life. I mean, one day, each and every one of us is going to give an account for our life before God. Let's get things happening right now in the right direction. Let's start going there, church. We know from the Bible that there will be rewards in heaven for those of us that serve the Lord, those of us that put Him first, those of Him that go and do the things that we're instructed to. There is rewards coming. I mean, there's no more uh, stable place, like I mentioned before, on the planet than this. There's great rewards on this earth. I mean, man, it doesn't get better than giving God your all and seeing Him come through for you. I love the story of uh, Jesus saying to Peter, hey, I know you fished all night, but I want you to go back into the deep, go back into the deep and let out your nets for a great catch. And Peter obeyed and he went out into the deep and he let down those nets and he got the great catch. See, the blessing was here on this earth for him. And sometimes as we obey what God's calling us to do and we follow that through and we, and we go to deeper places, great blessings can come on our life. That is a good thing. I think we should just get deeper into God because of how amazing He is and how much He loves us and that He sent His one, His one and only Son to die on a cross for you and I. That is worth going deeper into God for. I think we should do it because it's a command. We're told, like we read before, to love the Lord your God. That's there. I know that uh, the end of Hebrews 5, start of 6, pause very firm with the Hebrew Christians for not remaining shallow in their Christianities. Don't remain there. Go deep into Him. Be someone who doesn't remain on the milk. Go into the meat. Go deep into Him. I think we should get more passionate about our, uh, God because as we go deeper, we then start to reflect Jesus out of our own lives. We start being lights in the world. We start to be attractive. and We start seeing people come to us and saying, I want what you've got. Take me where you've been on the weekend. I don't know what you had, but my party didn't fulfill me. What happened at home didn't fulfill me. Going to the movies didn't fulfill me. But whatever you did on the weekend, look at you shining. Look how bright you are. I want a bit of that. Take me to where you've been. That's what we want. Us reflecting the glory of God. And as we go deeper in Him, this is how it can be. And we can lead others to salvation. Psalms 92.12. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, incorruptible. What great things there are. We go deep into God and we could do studies for weeks and weeks and end about how we come out the other side when we let God mold us. When we go more and more into Him, He takes us with all of our failings and He molds us into great people, into wonderful people. But we've got to go after Him. So I want to encourage us here today to, first of all, to make sure that we've got that passion to go deeper into God. And I love the house of God because this is the place where we can get to do that together in such a wonderful way. But let's go after it. So how can you do it in 2016? I've got a few steps to help us here tonight to going deeper. I'd like to encourage all of us here tonight to increase your knowledge of God, to increase your knowledge of Him, as I turned to Colossians the first day of this year, I read this scripture, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing 
in the knowledge of God. And as I read that, it stood out on the page to me and I'm like, I want to live like that in 2016. I want to have that over my life this year. I want to be someone who's living worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him. I want to be fruitful and I want to be increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's increase in our knowledge of God. Because I tell you what, what a difference it makes. As Hinny was leading us in worship tonight, I was reminded about the young lady that I was here the very day that she walked into this church, not in Christ, but she left in Christ. All those years ago, about eight or nine years ago, Henny was sitting, she was sitting just here, like third or fourth row. Pastor Phil was preaching. Her, her parents were telling a testimony about God's goodness over their lives and with their, how they've served God and, and honoured Him with their finances, how God has come through. And they mentioned that even their daughter's here today. It was our vision builders, our Sunday, even our daughter's here today. She doesn't know God, but here she is coming to bring a gift to Him. And right there, and then Pastor Phil asked Hinny if she would like to, to come out and receive Jesus. And she said yes. And you see, she is leading us in worship with that kind of anointing because her knowledge has increased of God. She knows God. She studied the Word of God. She's in prayer. She's in worship. The knowledge has increased. Am I right, Henny, from that day? I think she just rolled out of the nightclub a few hours before she rolled into church that morning. True. But her knowledge has increased in God. And I want to encourage us here to be people that want to increase. See, the Bible is not a novel. We do not read the Bible once and go, I've read that book, I put it away. It is a book that we study. It is a book that we go through time and time and time again. We go deeper and deeper and deeper. We get further, further revelation. We keep going, we keep going, we keep going. Because through that, our knowledge of Him will increase. And I tell you what, when we do that, we go deeper. Let our knowledge increase. Increase. I've been in church all my life. I tell you what, I've got so much more to go. But let's keep going there. Keep going there. Create space in your life this year to get a greater understanding of Him. A pastor friend of mine wrote this on January 1 this year. I'm going to read it here this morning. He says this, in 2016, let me be a person full of the Word. Help me live in the love of the Father, the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and in communion with you, Holy Spirit. Let me sit in your most sacred presence. Increase time with the breathed Word of God. Let your Word draw me into hearing, seeing, and being more like and for you. Let the breathed Word of God Logos and Rima transform my mind, live in my heart, be on my lips, and applied with my hands. What a great thing. Church, let's increase our knowledge of Him. We mentioned before, Monday nights here, we're offering an accredited course at Bible College. Maybe this is your year that you step into that. Maybe it's your year. You can come, you can do the accredited alongside that. You can do non-accredited whatever you choose, but I want to encourage you, maybe this is the year to say, I'm doing Bible college. I'm coming to this place. I'm going to study. You know, I love college because it's an opportunity to do a bit of this. Right? Raise the hand and maybe ask a question where 
Sunday church doesn't work so well because I'll kind of probably ignore you. But uh, Monday nights in Bible college, it's a chance to, to get with a great group of people, discuss, go deeper in the Word. Hey, can someone, any idea of what this means or what is that? Try and put the pieces together, going deeper in Him. Consider Bible college, February 15, kicking off. More info to come, little announcement there, which is awesome. I want to encourage you in 2016, another step. You get the passion. What else do you do? Can I encourage you to have endurance? Have endurance. Don't just kind of be on fire tonight and lose the fire tomorrow. Don't just be a Sunday Christian. Be a Monday through to Sunday Christian. Go the whole year. Don't stop. Keep going on holidays, off holidays, at work, at home, through the good times, through the bad times. Keep going. Have endurance in 2016. It is a good way to live. Let's be consistent. Let's be Christians who have maturity and let's keep going. When I was in Melbourne for our uh, holiday break just recently, um, just near Natalie's parents' house was this walk called the 1,000-step walk. Guess how many steps are there? Yep, 1,000 steps. Each way, though, you've got to go up and then come back down. And uh, one morning, I got up early and went to this thing, and uh, it was kind of like a track that also had a lot of things about the Kokoda Trail and a whole lot of uh, kind of memorabilia and all these things. And as we got there, I thought, I'm up for this. I'm fit. And uh, I set my way in 1,000 steps. The thing was, you had to, like, run about or walk, like, almost a kilometre up a big hill before the steps even started. And uh, I kind of went up there and I had a jumper on because it was early in the morning. And, it was, and then I kind of started to sweat. I had to take it off and hide it. And I started to go up these steps. And I was just thinking, it's kind of hard work and it'd be so easy to stop. But one of the best things in life is just to make the decision, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going and keep going. And, uh, and I made it my way to the top and uh, enjoyed my walk slash run slash kind of little scooter up these steps. But I want to encourage us to don't be someone who quits. It's not a good way to live life. I remember many years ago, I uh, signed up with three really close friends of mine to do a 100-kilometer trek through the Blue Mountains. 100 kilometers is quite a long way. We were not going to run it. We were going to walk it. It was probably about 20 hours consistently doing this walk. And uh, when we signed up, we started to train. We were getting together, doing our own training, doing some, some walks together. And uh, we had a really big tragedy in the life of our church that week. And uh, I had to be in church on the Sunday. And the race started uh, Saturday morning. So I pretty much had to go to my team and say, guys, I've got to be in church to make this really significant and sad announcement to our congregation. Um, what I, all I can do is I can come and be with you for stage one. So there was four stages in this race. Stage one was about, I think, 28 kilometres. They were all between like 20 and 30, somewhere in there, added up to 100. Although um, because of rain, they had to shorten stage two to only nine kilometres. But anyway, we set off and uh, at the end of stage one, it took us probably about an hour and a half longer than we thought because a few of the guys were already early on starting to struggle. And uh, I just was in myself, I so wanted to do it and I so wanted to finish it. I just wanted to finish this race. And uh, at the end of leg one, we came up to the checkpoint. I had to pull out, put down my reason to why I had to pull out because they kind of keep a record. Guess the number one reason people pull out of that race? The blister. True story. The blister is the thing that send most people home. But anyway, I drove back to Sydney and later on that evening, um, I rang one of the support crew, one of my friend's wife, said, how are they doing? She goes, oh, they've pulled out. And I'm like, say what? 
yeah, yeah, they've, they've pulled out. They did stage two, which was only nine more kilometres than I did, and they've, they're, they're back home at the house. And I'm like, what happened? She goes, oh, well, they came up at the end of stage two, and uh, they went to, the, to check their names off, and there were some people eating some pizza. And I'm like, I do not like the sound of this. So because stage two was uh, shortened, instead of just continuing from the same spot into stage three, you had to drive to the start of stage three. So they decided on their way to stage three that they should go to Katoomba and order some pizza from the Italian pizza bar in Katoomba. So guess what? As their muscles uh, just started to cool down and they're eating nice greasy pizza and it's raining outside, that they would pull out of the race. They never completed past stage two. Can I encourage you in 2016, don't be like my three friends. Have endurance to get through. Just be someone who says, sets your course, whatever you're going to do to go deeper in God in your own world and go for it in 2016. The next step that I want to encourage you is, is to get around godly people. Like we saw up there, find a connect group that works. Get around good people. Obviously, be committed to church. There'll be people in here that will inspire you. They will help you. Get around good people. Be in good crowds. A few days after I did the 1,000 steps, Natalie set off to do the 1,000 steps, and she took Sienna with them. And quite a bit after they left, like five hours later they came. No, it wasn't that long. But as they came back, I was like, did you make it? Like, yeah, we made it. And, and Natalie's like, oh, it's just good to have Sienna there. I, I might have just turned around and came back and not completed it if I didn't have her there. But it's good to have someone alongside you sometimes to help you, inspire you, push you along. And God's got the place set up in your life. And he's got people in your world and people that he's destined to be around you in the future. They're going to help you do life and do life well and go deeper in him. Make sure you do life with other people. I love that my wife is a worshipper. She is a God seeker. She often says before, I'm a pastor, I'm a worshipper, and it's true. And I live around that, and it encourages me, and it helps me. Get around good people. Get around people that will help you. Proverbs 27, 17 talks about as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, when it says iron sharpens iron, you can't have two bits and not have them close. They need to be close, close proximity to make this work. There's people you need to get around. There's people you need to do life with. Don't isolate. Don't have a Sunday off because you've had a hard Saturday or a hard week. Get here because this will be the place we get around each other and it will help us to get through those times. Get around good, godly people. I know in my life it's made a significant difference to have good men and women of God around my life. Get them. Get them to surround you. I want to encourage you here today. Another step you can take is to serve. Serve God. Serve Him in the house of God. One of the great things you can do is in life is to take some eyes off your world. Set your eyes on something bigger and greater like building the house of God. Set your eyes on God and go and serve Him. Getting this good news out. Making church happen. I love it. For some times, it's good to put our own dreams in the back seat and say, God, I'm focusing on you. I'm building your house. My Sunday's coming along on the roster. I'm going to be there on the deacon team morning and night. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to make sure the chairs are in good order. 
there's raw space, that there's envelopes on the seat, that there's some mints because the pastor's breath's really bad. Not the, 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 the pastor's wife, the pastor, the other side, the, the husband one. And I'm going to do things to make sure that this place is looking good so that people can come and have a good worship experience. I'm going to build the house of God. Be someone who does that. We can be part of a mighty move of God. We can get swept up in this. And it leads us to a, a, a deeper place in God as we serve and build the house of God. We get to take up our cross and follow Him. I mean, me personally, I've just lived life like this. Before I was ever paid a dime for working at church, these are some of the things I could think of where I have served. I've served in the church band playing my trumpet before. I've served on the youth team. The pastor wasn't lying when he said that. True story, Sunday nights, the church I grew up in, for a while they thought brass would be a really good addition to the band. And there was a brass section born in that band and I was part of the brass section. Bring it. I served in the youth team. I served by leading a connect group. I've served on deacons team. I've served on altar core teams. I've served on leading prayer teams. I served on Bible college lecturing teams. I've served on water baptism teams. I've served at drop-in center teams. I've served at surf camp teams. I've served in C3 Phenomena Youth Conference teams. I've served at Presence Conference teams. I've served at Global C3 Conference teams. I've even served by playing John in Jesus the Rock musical at C3 Church Oxford Falls. That is a true story. I've served at meeting leading teams. I've served in preaching teams. I served as an assistant pastor here. I even served in a kid's team all before I was ever paid a dime, building the house of God, serving in the house of God, because he is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. All of these before I was ever employed as a pastor, building the house of God, serving, serving, serving. It is a great thing to do. Is it hard work sometimes? Of course it is. Does it take time and energy? Yes, it does. But it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Sometimes I think it's kind of like sometimes you see uh, footage of uh, like at the end of a footy game and you see the camera going into the change rooms and you might see a guy who's been out there playing hard all game. He's bruised and he's battered. He is worn out and you see him sitting silently in maybe a corner of a dressing room and he's sitting there. His head might be down. He might be worn out, but he knows. He knows he's done well for the team. He knows he's been part of the team. He knows that he has made a difference for the team. I tell you, how much better is it when we get to do that for God and the kingdom of God, when we get to serve in his house? What a glorious thing it is, serving, going deeper with him, expanding our love for him. I love that uh, Jacob in the Old Testament was so in love with Rachel. See, when you have a desire and a love for him, he was so in love. That he says in uh, Genesis 29, 18, 20, I'll work for you seven years in return for your daughter, Rachel. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. It's like me and my uh, marriage to my Natalie. It feels like it's only been a few days. But I tell you, it is a good thing to have that kind of love for God and be building the house of God with that kind of purpose. It enables us to go deeper in Him. The next point here this evening is to uh, obviously to spend time. 
to make time in our life where we're spending time with the Lord. That is a glorious, wonderful thing to do. We need to remember that it is actually a relationship. What do relationships need? They need time. What do we need to do? Give God time. We need to make space in our life for Him. Make it work for you. Make it work for you. Can I encourage you in that? Make it work. Find some time. Find some time. Make it work. I've just had, uh, I have, uh, I work kind of Sundays through to Thursdays. So Fridays and Saturdays are my day off. Sometimes I'm doing a bit of preach prep, but they're generally my days off. What does a pastor do on days off? He does normal things that most of us do on our days off. He mows lawns, he edges, he tidies around the house. This week, I was cleaning blinds in my house. See, many years ago, we put up, true story, we put up some new uh, kind of vertical blinds in our house because the ones we had were really bad. And uh, this is the one in our bedroom. And um, can I tell you that after about five years, with never really getting a lot of attention, they've gathered a lot of dust. And not only have they gathered dust, but it's like stuck to them. Like, you just can't go and get, like, a little dust thing. Does anyone know what I mean? It's like, it's like caked on there, like sticky stuff covered in dust. It's disgusting. There is a lot of dust in these things. So I set out to make a mission in my house to clean the blinds. I spent 45 minutes on one much smaller than this the day before in my daughter's room. And yesterday, I attacked this blind. Can I tell you, there is 32 slats. There is eight down sections. There is 256 individual bits that I had to wipe like this and wipe and wipe and wipe and wipe. That is the T-shirt of Natalie's that was my rag for the entire afternoon, it felt like. And I cleaned those blinds. But do you know what I did? You might think, why are you cleaning blinds? Well, I like a clean house. But I got wise because a little way into cleaning the blinds, I decided to get my phone and go to my iTunes library and start playing some worship music. This mundane task that I needed 0.002% of my brain to do, I all of a sudden turned it into a time of worship. I turned it into a time where I started connecting with my God. I might have been cleaning blinds, but I was worshiping. I might have been doing that, but I'm thinking about today. I'm thinking about preaching the Word of God. God is speaking to me. I took it as an opportunity to make time for God. Can I encourage us? You might be driving. You might be at work, but if you can, make some room for God because he will speak and he will touch your life even if you're cleaning the blinds and we will welcome visitors back tonight so you can inspect my blind and see what a great job that I've done all is good the next one there's just a couple more we're doing all right is to make the sacrifices where they need to be made so often for us to go deeper with God this year we're gonna have to make some sacrifices for me, I find, generally speaking, my best time with the Lord is early in the morning. We have a household with little pitter-patter feet that run through it, and once they're up, it's hard to kind of get the attention on God that you might want to have. So I generally get up well before the rest of the family. And to do that, I actually need to go to bed a little bit early. So I have times, many times, where I want to see what happens in the T20 game of cricket, but I actually go to bed. Because I'm like, i got to get up early. Like I make some things happen in life and sometimes it's a sacrifice. So maybe you're here tonight and you know God's calling you to do something, change something in your life and you need to make the sacrifice. Can I encourage you to do it? Do it for Him. Do it for your future. Do it for that better connection. Make the sacrifice where you need to make it.
And lastly, here tonight, position yourself. There are some places and uh, situations that you can put yourself in that give you very little chance of going deeper in God. For some of us, we'll know what that is in our life. There might be certain places hanging around people that we just know don't, don't help us in that walk. Maybe here tonight you say, this is the year I change that. Can I encourage you to choose and choose wisely? Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you look at. On the f- Just do things in life that help you to remain close with God, to take that journey. We always make mistakes and we can call out to God and ask for forgiveness and He'll forgive, but let's do our best to put ourselves in good positions in life. This year, church, make it such a high priority. I love tonight because as worship kicked off, there was a great crowd of people here for the kickoff right on five o'clock. Try and be here on time because we're humans. We need a few songs to kind of flush out some stuff so we can step into worship. Try and be in church. Be here on time. It's a great thing to do. Be in our prayer services. You'll hear about them in coming weeks, first and third. Uh, Tuesdays, seven o'clock, our prayer services. They're incredible places to go deeper in God. Next Sunday, night of worship, don't miss that. Maybe this year you need to go deeper into God and, and maybe fast like you haven't fasted before. Maybe start to fast or, or go deeper into that. What stands out to me is Jesus says, when you fast. He doesn't say, if you fast, when you fast, when you fast. There are things we can all do. Be someone who makes time, makes room, be in prayer, be in the word. Let's be people who have a desire to do this. And as the band comes up, let's make sure this year we go deeper in him. I read the other day uh, an article about uh, some things that uh, mature Christians do and are like. And uh, I love some of them because it kind of helped kind of say, well, how am I doing? Can, are there areas I need to go forward in God? So what are some marks of a mature Christian? I love some of these. The highs and lows of life don't impact your relationship with God. You find value in the dailiness and trivial seasons of life. You're at peace with situations beyond your control. You don't allow uh, disciplines to take a back seat. You maintain a childlike sense of wonder and awe. Friday morning, I made my way down to the ocean and I just stood there and looked at the ocean and it just drew me to God. I went deeper in Him just by looking at His creation. And not just like, just kind of, oh, it's just, just the ocean. Hold on, it's just not the ocean. It's the fingerprint of God. It's the fingerprint of God and I can just see that and it takes me to a place of awe and wonder about the majesty and the goodness and the greatness of a God in heaven who is so magnificent says don't compare yourselves to others be happy in your own skin who you are I love this one you understand Christianity doesn't have an on off and the last one was you have a sustainable rhythm to your life so my prayer tonight is that you'd have the desire in your life to go deeper to go further to go deeper in Him. It starts with the desire and in the steps we can do. Maybe you're here tonight and you once were full of passion and you've lost it. Tonight you can get it back. Here tonight, you can get that passion, that fire back. 
of God and the things of God. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never had the passion because you've kind of like, what's he talking about? I don't even really know the God who he's talking about. Tonight, right now, I'm actually going to give you an opportunity to say, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to know that God. I need to know that loving Father that he talked about. So if you're here tonight and you've never said a prayer, a prayer that invites Jesus into your life, just in a moment is your moment. Just in a moment is your chance to say yes to God. Because we're, none of us are perfect. We've all sinned in this life and that sin separates us from God. But the great thing is, we can say a single prayer. It's a prayer where we just say sorry to God. It's a prayer where we receive, we receive His forgiveness. And the Bible says He washes us cleaner than snow. So if you're here tonight and you've never said that prayer, tonight could be your night. Maybe you're here tonight and you've seen me talk through this tonight and you've thought, wow, I once, I once walked with the Lord, but I've gone cold. I am cold right now. I don't have the passion. I don't have the fire. The desire's gone out. My relationship is close to not existing. If you're like that here tonight, tonight can be your night to come back. And I'd love you to include you in this prayer. And thirdly, maybe you're here tonight and you're not sure of your eternity. If life was to end here tonight, if you're not 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven, that is not the thing to be unsure of. And you could be included in this prayer here tonight and be assured of your salvation. So right now, could I get everyone just to close their eyes and bow your heads? This is a great way to just have distractions go away. And if you're here tonight, number one, you've never said a prayer of salvation. You've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and you'd like to, in a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand. Secondly, if you've said this, before but you know that relationship is cold and you want to come back tonight you want to get the fire going again you really want to reconnect with God I'd love to invite you to raise your hand and thirdly if you are unsure of your eternity let's not be unsure anymore you can raise your hand so on the count of three I'm going to ask you to raise your hand one don't let this moment pass this is the most important part of the meeting Two, if you're here tonight and you want to respond, right now is your moment. Three, could you raise your hand and say, yes, Hartley, that is me. Yes, Hartley, I need to say this prayer. I need to invite him into my life for the first time. I've gone cold and the relationship is not strong and I want to come back. Or thirdly, you're unsure of your salvation. Who is there here tonight saying, yes, Hartley, I need to say this prayer. Yes, Hartley, I want to say this prayer with you. Who is there here tonight? This is too much of an important moment in the meeting to just move on. Who is there here tonight? God is here. I know He's touching people. I know He's touching people. Last, I'll give it a few more seconds. Is there anyone here tonight saying yes, Hartley? Can we all stand to our feet? We've got a few moments left. But what I want to do is we're going to go and sing a final song. 
And I don't know all the steps that God might have spoken to you tonight in your own world, but if you're here tonight at number one, you need to kind of get that desire and that fire back. As we sing this song, I'd love for you to come out of your seat, stand on the altar and get the fire back. And number two, if you're here tonight and you know there's some steps you need to take and you need some courage or you need some endurance or you need to get around some godly, whatever you need to do, if you need some help to stand here tonight and leave this place knowing that you can do it, you can take the steps God's calling you to do, I'd love for you to come forward. I would love to pray with you here tonight. So if you're here and you want to get the fire back or get the steps as we sing right now, let's get the fire in this place. The touch of God is here. He's here to move. Come out of your seats. Our Father, all of heaven draws your name. Sing louder. Let this place erupt with praise. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching. 